Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point here. Minister of International Relations, Dr. Naledi Pando, yesterday uh, held a virtual program and gave a brief reflection on South Africa's tenure at the United Nations Security Council. Uh, that session was hosted by the London Chatham House uh, with an audience made up of diplomats, policymakers, amongst others. Now, next month, uh, South Africa will also conclude its tenure as chair of the African Union. So uh, the minister joins us now to reflect on uh, the role that South Africa has played. Minister Pando, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning, Cathy, and morning to the listeners of SAFM. It's a pleasure to have you on this morning. And I think before we get into the nitty gritty, right, let's firstly begin with the position at the United Nations Security Council in terms of the presidency months. What has that been like and what is the role that that South Africa plays when they occupy that seat? Well, essentially, uh, when... uh a country has uh, the turn of occupying the uh, presidency of the Security Council to uh, a limited degree, but I think an exciting one, uh, you determine the thematic agenda of the council for that month. As you and uh, uh, the listeners would know, the Security Council has a regular set of uh, uh, matters that it deliberates upon from week to week, month to month, uh, the security situation in the world, the uh, countries that are in conflict, these are regularly on the agenda of the Security Council. So your Yemen, Palestine, uh, aspects of Burundi, although left now, um, DRC, and so on. But when you uh, have the opportunity, as, say, South Africa did in December, to be the chair, you then determine what aspects of the agenda would be. Um, And we have been, since uh, we took up the seat, we've been focused on peace and security and the promotion of stronger ties between the the, uh, United Nations and the African Union in supporting the continent uh, to both reduce and eradicate conflict. So that uh, agenda uh, of silencing the guns. So we promoted uh, debates on women, peace and security and uh, debates on cooperation between the UN, uh, regional mechanisms on the African continent and uh, sub-regional relationships. This was the key uh, thematic focus uh, for South Africa because we believe that while the uh, Security Council may make a decision on aspects of security and peacekeeping, it is Africa through the African Union that should play a primary role in execution. There was a lot of expectation, especially given the fact that many countries were dealing then with uh, their responses to COVID-19, that South Africa would also put on the agenda the impact of COVID-19 and the risk that comes, therefore, um, for peace and security and the kind of threat that that potentially poses, not just to the continent, but to the rest of the world. Well, uh, one of the things I think we tend to forget is that the Security Council has the obligation 
of focusing on matters of peace and security. So the conflicts uh, in the world, either longstanding or new, are the primary focus. And while certainly there have been deliberations on the pandemic and the response of the UN and the global community, it is not the primary focus of the Security Council to address those matters. It would really be led by the World Health Organization, which is a UN body. And President Ramaphosa has had substantive discussion of Africa and COVID-19 in the context of the African Union and the general debate of the United Nations. I mean, do you find that countries are meeting their their obligations to ensure that a peacekeeping mandates are still being being uh, met according to target? Is that happening under COVID nineteen with all of these lockdowns? And I guess uh, just the sense that um, there really isn't as much space to see what's happening within borders as has been before. The truth contributing countries of the world have actually kept to their mandate, because you have to, under the ambit of the UN. Um, So those countries that have troops in the DRC have kept to their mandate. Uh, Those that are supporting peacekeeping in other parts of the world have kept to their mandate. What has been a difficulty is the reduction in funding for peacekeeping. Hence, South Africa focusing on peace and security in its presidency, because we were arguing for more sustainable funding for peace missions on the continent. Uh, We have found that uh, the UN has not been able to keep up to its commitments insofar as peace mission funding is concerned. And we want a more sustainable funding stream from the UN so that we can ensure that the missions remain in countries for the required period until we arrive at a peaceful situation. So that has been a challenge uh, which South Africa has certainly highlighted. Mm. Minister, on the one hand, there's the the need to continue the relationship from the UN perspective, and yet at the same time, um, we continuously hear uh, leaders on the continent through the AU expressing a need to be able to be given an opportunity to find African expression to the solutions that are facing the continent. Speak to us a little bit about that because the issue of resources has often been the problem that because um, the African Union cannot fully fund some of the peacekeeping initiatives, then those with the resources inform the agenda of how these peace, mis- uh, peace missions should look like. Cathy, you, you are absolutely right. A few years ago, the African Union decided that it should create an African standby force. And it is only in the summit on silencing the guns in December last year that we agreed that we must activate the standby force in 2021. So I'm glad that decision has been taken. And what is, I think, very positive is we have created an African peace fund within the context of the African Union, and several countries on the continent have made their contributions to the fund. 
we would like to see more countries contributing because indeed we must practically realize the ambition of African solutions to African problems. We can't be expecting others to come in and help us to make peace. We must learn to make peace ourselves. We must learn to negotiate with each other. We must learn to focus on development and not conflict. These are things we've committed to within the African Union. And I think getting the African standby force mobilized and active will be a very important achievement for uh, sustaining peace on the continent. Of course, on on the other on the other side of uh, you know being being able to express that independence is the criticism, Minister, that you would be well aware of that the African Union often its resolution processes don't bear significant result, and that you know you, the, in, that the AU is often complicit in some of the behaviour of leaders on the continent that should be condemned, but the AU just keeps quiet. Well, I think uh, this is really sometimes quite unfair. Um, The AU has made a difference on the continent. Uh, You have seen them boldly engaging leaders who go out of step in terms of uh, various practices that are in the AU uh, protocol. But I think given that the heads of state are those who decide matters, in the assembly, uh, perhaps you need to change the decision-making uh, processes to allow for a less subjective uh, a mechanism uh, uh, to make the decisions, particularly on peace and security. We've taken a decision that we should strengthen the Commission on Peace and Security and give it more uh, impact uh, ability in the context of the African Union. We are a new organization, uh, but I think we have played an important role on the continent. And what we should work toward as South Africa is uh, walking in step with the African Union and ensuring that it is sustainable, that its institutions work and are effective. We're in conversation with the International Relations Minister Naledi Pando, um, taking your calls on 011-714-2006. You can also send uh, some of your questions and comments uh, to the WhatsApp line on 0614-104-107. Minister, we recently just saw the elections take place in Uganda under a very difficult circumstances. We've had the shutting down of the internet there, and we've seen it quite a number of times during other elections on the continent. Do you think that the AU now needs to start developing some form of policies around this? Because at the same time, um, the AU is quite quiet about these developments. We do have policies already. And uh, the AU, where it is able to oversee elections as is part of the AU protocol, does make uh, comments on free and fairness. This year... Uh, well, 2020 up to now has been very difficult because we've not been able to have proper observer missions. Uh, we normally send in observers 14 days before an election and they stay until the results are declared. Uh, but this time with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the AU has not been able to play that role. So that might be the reason 
for the inadequacy in terms of articulating uh, concerns about uh, how elections have progressed mm. in some countries on the continent. So I am aware mm. uh, that both us as the AU and SADC, we were unable to oversee elections as is common practice. What is the risk of that for 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 peace and security on the continent? Because ultimately, mm-hmm. um, th- there is a level of credibility that comes with that stamp of approval from independent election observers about the credibility of elections. And we've had quite a number of elections take place under yeah. the COVID-19 pandemic. So how worried then should people be about the process of those elections? If the AU has not been able to physically be there and therefore uh, cannot fully vouch for what has happened on the ground. Well, I think that uh, what we've asked every country to do is to establish independent electoral bodies and to also ensure that the judiciary, uh, if it plays a role in uh, affirming the election outcome, that it does so in a manner that is uh, free and fair and without prejudice. And you would recall that this happened in Malawi, for example, where the judiciary played a very, very important role. So we do keep track of what's happening. And I think the African Union is in touch with the government, but it doesn't have, I think, the reach to all stakeholders as we would do during election observation. But this has been a peculiarity that has arisen from the COVID pandemic, where it has been felt we can't risk uh, sending out uh, election observation observation, uh, missions in the context of the virus. So, Minister, is part of the reason why there is so much silence on these issues simply because, you know, there is no real sense of, of, of what might be happening? It's, it's probable, but uh, we do have access to information. So you have had statements. Uh, there are countries where there's been more communication. I think Tanzania, for me, was in closer touch with mm-hmm. SADC and the AU during their election process. I know with the Central African Republic, South Africa was very close to the process because the IEC was providing a lot of the administrative and other support. So, um, you know, it depends on the degree to which external institutions have access to the actual election. And where there isn't access, then there's less ability to comment and assess. What about accountability? Where does this leave accountability? The primary accountability is to your nation, isn't it? Um, So I think uh, it is the people in their decision, who exercise the greatest uh, accountability measure. What about among peers? Because if we're talking about issues of, of, of peace and, and security and the role that the AU plays in fostering that peace and security on the continent, they, it's almost unavoidable uh, that, you know, you, you take a look at how elections are being run, how opposition candidates are being treated, and the extent to which that derails the process of democracy in and of itself. Surely it cannot be enough that governments claim to be de- democratic and yet what they do in their countries certainly is not in line with the principles of democracy. 
Well, the AU within its protocol has the ability to sanction, as it did with respect to Mali uh, in the context of a coup. Um, so I'm saying that uh, we do have mechanisms uh, within the AU that would be utilized should the fact show that sanctions are necessary. Have you approved the Ugandan elections? So we don't approve. I mean, that's done oh, internally by institutions in a country. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. We've not expressed a view as yet because I have not seen the final declaration. So, so, so what are officials waiting on exactly? The final declaration of by their uh, electoral body. Once we see that and whether it declares it free and fair, we then would be able to comment. All right, I've got some questions coming through on the WhatsApp line. Minister Isaac wants to know, what is the African Union doing on the insurgents in Mozambique? Well, this is a matter that's being uh, addressed through SADC, because as you know, uh, the African Union intervention would follow the SADC uh, uh, role. We've been engaging a SADC with Mozambique. Mozambique is the current chair. But the matter of the insurgency has been on the agenda uh, for some time, even before Mozambique assumed the chair. It is, uh, has been agreed uh, that we will have a special extraordinary summit on the insecurity in Mozambique mm. and uh, work through that summit to determine how we should aid uh, Mozambique at Saddam. Helen in KZN wants to ask, if Africa is left to handle its own security issues, don't you think there's a danger of abuse and manipulation of security processes to fulfill certain political agendas amongst a group of African elite for power and financial gain? Now, I think the abuse has often in Africa been by external actors who fight out their proxy wars on the African continent and also do so with an intention to abuse the resources of Africa. I think Africans being able to solve their problems will assist us in getting rid of these external actors who really uh, inflame conflict on the African continent in order to suit their economic uh, intentions, which are to really rob Africa of its core natural resources. So the greater Africa's independence in resolving its problems, the more opportunity we have to develop our continent. When you look at the efforts that you are making in terms of strengthening cooperation between the AU and the United Nations, would you say that those efforts have been successful? And, and what would you be looking at in particular as, 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 a, as a symbol of that? Well, uh, one of the areas that I think we certainly succeeded in was the discussions about the role of SADC in the DRC and the degree to which the UN uh, would continue uh, to play a role in that process. In the context of our deliberations, it was agreed that the leader in enhancing peace and security in the DRC should be the SADC troop-contributing countries and that they would exercise command and control alongside uh, uh, working with UN-mandated uh, troops. So, And it was quite a lengthy uh, engagement with the United Nations. But in the end, 
I think Swadek asserted itself and we had an outcome that accepted the key role uh, of Swadek. So that has been one experience. Um, and then, of course, uh, with respect to Burundi, now that uh, uh, we believe we've been able to address the uh, peace and security situation in Burundi, we also had very good engagements within the context of the Security Council on what the future mandate with respect to Burundi should be. So there have been, I think, some very positive outcomes to our engagement uh, with the United Nations. Minister Naledi Pando, let me thank you for your time on The Talking Point today. She's the Minister of International Relations. There you have it.